Good morning, Orlando. Good Friday morning to you. And top of the morning here at 6 o'clock as we bring you our very first look at Orlando's news, weather, and traffic. Right here, right now for you on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Alan Spector. Our top story this morning, hurricane season is here. Details coming up in one minute. Pardons. Well, pardon me, Mr. President. I'm not happy about what you're up to. Let's talk about it next on Good Morning Orlando. 601 on News Radio 1025. Today's the start of the 2018 Atlantic hurricane season. Brian Lamar with the National Weather Service says this year there's better forecasting to help you prepare. Typically a hurricane watch, we're going to be providing that anywhere up to about 48 hours in advance, where it used to be 36 hours. And hurricane warnings used to be about 24 hours. Now we're going about 36, so about an extra 12 hours, which can definitely help people plan for evacuations, get out of the area, and get the supplies they need. NOAA forecasters are predicting an average hurricane season with between 10 and 16 named storms and 5 to 9 hurricanes. The news is brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. A launch from Cape Canaveral Air Force Station is postponed. A Falcon 9 rocket carrying a European communications satellite was scheduled for liftoff early this morning, but SpaceX said it's standing down to run additional tests on the rocket's second stage. The launch could now come as early as 12.29 a.m. on Monday with a four-hour window. Air Force forecasters say there's a 70% chance of acceptable weather conditions. Some of the people who have loved ones in Florida prisons are trying to stop the state from cutting their visitation rights. Corrections officials claim video conferencing is a reasonable alternative. But at a hearing in Tallahassee, young Cody Calhoun told them it's not. Why do we need to not have visits? I mean, they're already having a bad enough time in prison, so why make it worse? Please, I need to see my dad on the weekends. So I ask you nicely, please don't take my visits or anyone else's from us. The prison family say video conferencing is one more scheme by the state to make money off inmates. A top North Korean official is hand-delivering a letter to President Trump from Kim Jong-un. Fox's Jared Halpern has more from the White House. A day after meeting with the top U.S. diplomat in New York, Kim Yong-chol, the vice chairman of the North Korean Workers' Party Central Committee, comes here to deliver a letter to President Trump from North Korean leader Kim Jong-un. I know everyone's following this minute by minute and hour by hour. This is going to be a process that will take days and weeks to work our way through. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo won't say whether the June 12th summit in Singapore is definitely happening, but says progress has been made. Our two countries face a pivotal moment in our relationship in which it could be nothing short of tragic to let this opportunity go to waste. At the White House, Jared Halpern, Fox News. The Golden State Warriors overcame a 51-point performance from LeBron James to grab a 124-114 to overtime win against the Cavaliers in Game 1 of the NBA Finals at Oakland. Cleveland guard George Hill missed a second free throw that would have put the Cavs up with one uh, with one, less than five seconds left in regulation, but it would have put them up by one point with less than five seconds left in regulation. J.R. Smith grabbed the offensive rebound but dribbled out the clock by mistake. The Warriors, Draymond Green, says that's on Smith. You know, that's that's a part of the game, you know, being being locked in. and I mean, you got to know the score. That's just kind of basketball. Like, you got to know if you're winning or losing or tie. So. so game two is Sunday at Oakland. Yeah, but the guy who did that, they're con- telling conflicting stories. One thing to his coach, 
you know, um, and another to other people as well about exactly what happened. I DVR'd it, played it back quickly before I came in here this morning. Cavs had that game, Alan. They had that game, and James was incredible. But in OT, the Warriors just blew him out. Yeah, Smith, uh, he's claiming that he thought the coach was going to call a timeout yeah, when he yeah. ran that rebound. Yeah, but he's telling one story one place, one story another place. Uh, mm-hmm. I think he didn't know to score. I think that's what the truth is, but that's just me. Boy, I'll tell you what, that was some game. WFLA News time is 6.05. A Southwest Airlines flight is diverted after a passenger lights up a joint. That story's online at 1025wfla.com. The first hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. News, weather, and traffic for the best audience in talk radio. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 1025. Thanks, Alan. Alan Spector bringing us the news on the show every Friday. He'll be back at the bottom of the hour whenever news breaks. Yaffe's our executive producer. And along the way, we'll have Steph screening your calls, 407-916-5400. Text line 23680, where standard message and data rates apply. It's Good Morning Orlando from the Frontgate Realty Studio. Visit laurahasthebuyers.com. Lots to talk about here this morning. We're going to get into this Samantha B fiasco um, and, and the double standard there versus Roseanne. That'll be coming up. We're going to get into the left-wing politician out in California in the left coast who's got a crazy idea I can't imagine could work. And if it ever took hold, I can't imagine what a disaster it would be. It involves paying people if they will agree not to shoot anybody. I kid you not. It is all ahead. But we start with presidential pardons, a long-standing tradition in this great republic since the very beginning. But President Trump is talking about pardoning or commuting the sentences of three people I flat don't think deserve it. One in particular. Mr. President, pardon me, but I'm not a fan of what you're contemplating here. So we'll talk about it in a moment and see what you think. That in Orlando's news, weather, and traffic will be updated here in two minutes for you on News Radio 1025 WFLA. Presidential pardons. I don't have a problem at all with the executive having the right to right a wrong and, um, and free somebody from prison or remove a conviction from their record through the pardon process. But I, 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 I can't go with the president on what he's doing here. The Rod Blagojevich pardon that he's contemplating is the really the one that bothers me. More on that in a moment. But he has already pardoned uh, Dinesh D'Souza, um, who pled guilty in 2014 to making illegal campaign donations to a Republican candidate. Um, No question he was targeted by the Obama administration because he was making movies blasting Obama and making speeches and writings, etc. But he did plead guilty, and he never went to prison. He served community service. He had other things he had to do, and that's long behind him. But he has now been pardoned. Okay, maybe that's not so egregious. Martha Stewart was investigated for insider trading. It's an old Trump buddy, although she said she voted for Hillary, which is interesting. Um, She was investigated for insider trading. She was convicted of conspiracy, convicted of obstruction, and of making false statements to investigators. 
She was sentenced to five years in prison, served the time years ago. The president is contemplating a pardon for Martha Stewart. Why? The case is over. It's over. She's already paid her debt to society and is fully rehabilitated. Um, I'll tell you what I think's going on here. And frankly, I'm not a fan of the way the president is playing the presidential pardon card. But the big offense to me is the fact that he is contemplating pardoning the worst of the worst, the poster boy for government corruption, the former Illinois governor, and Democrat, by the way, Rod Blagojevich, who was convicted of multiple felony charges, including attempting to sell the Senate seat of then-former Senator Barack Obama when he went on to be president. He was sentenced to 14 years. We need a deterrent like a 14-year sentence, in my view, so that other corrupt politicians think twice before, before doing the kinds of things that Blagojevich clearly did. He's caught red-handed on audio tapes, wiretaps, the whole deal. And the president is thinking the sentence is excessive. It is unfair that Blagojevich was convicted, quote the president, for being stupid and saying things that every other politician, you know that many other politicians say. So I'm thinking about not pardoning him, but I'm seriously thinking of a curtailment of the sentence. Translation, he wants to commute the sentence and free him now, seven years into a 14-year prison term. This sends all the wrong signals, and the signals are being sent by our president, who's all about draining the swamp. This guy's a poster boy for the swamp in terms of government corruption. What kind of a signal does that send? What is the president up to here? I think this is an abuse of the pardon. I really do. I'm hopping off the Trump train on this issue. I will always tell you what I believe to be true. I'm going to be intellectually honest with you whether you like what I say or not. You're going to know that I'm telling you the truth, and I'm not just circling the wagons as many would do who are conservatives like me and say, I'm going to find a reason to feel good about what the president has done with the D'Souza pardon or is thinking of doing with Martha Stewart and particularly Blago Rod Blagojevich, okay? I think he's doing it to stick it to Comey. He and his people were involved in the Stewart and the Blagojevich prosecutions, okay? I think he may be sending a message to those in the Mueller probe. Don't turn against me. Don't flip. If the worst happens and you're convicted, I'll pardon you. I think there's a little bit of celebrity in this. These are all prominent people. I think the president gets a certain buzz out of that. I think there's a little bit of a power trip here. I think every president feels that. I mean, what greater power could there be than to completely overturn the criminal justice system and free somebody? Okay? Sometimes it needs to be done. I don't think it needs to be done in these cases. And, oh, my God, it does not need to happen for the reasons I cited when it comes to Blago. Now, you tell me, do I have it right? Are you seeing it the same way? Or are you circling the wagons for the president and you don't want to hear me criticizing him for any reason? Let's get honest with each other, shall we? I have just been dead level honest with you. 
pardon me, Mr. President, I'm not a fan of what's going on here. What say you? 407-916-5400. Text line 23680. Standard message and data rates apply. Yeah, you don't get to pick your parents. I was blessed with great ones. But there are an awful lot of people who didn't get great parents, but don't go around shooting other innocent people. I wonder if that's going to be used as a defense. Well, geez, I just, my parents were bad. So, therefore, I had to kill people. It's crazy. We'll keep you up to date on that story. Um, I'm off the Trump train on this whole pardon story, particularly on Blagojevich. Ron, you're in Claremont. Do you understand where I'm coming from as much as I'm a Trump supporter? Oh, of course I do, bud. And uh, I agree 100% with you. Uh, Dinesh D'Souza, let's face it, they went after him because of the movies, which was totally accurate, what he, what he explained. Martha Stewart, I mean, they went after her, for me, just for the fun of it. How much money did this woman save? What she saved, okay, on that tip is like 50 cents in our pocket. Well, her problem, her problem was lying to investigators is what really put her in the slammer there. Go to Bulgoyevich, though. That's the big fish here. The president cannot go down this line and have drain the swamp ca- uh, credibility anymore if he, if, he, if he commutes the sentence of Ron Blagojevich, for God's sake. I, I'm, but I honestly think that he's not going to do that. Good. You know, it's like I, told the, I, I mean, it's like I told the call screener, whatever he does... All, all I keep thinking about is the art of the deal. That, that's it. He's always got something in the back of his mind, yeah. and no matter what he says, he's going to come out smelling like a rose. There's no way he's going to pardon this guy. I hope not, Ron. I really do. On the text line, Yaffe, I want you to tell us what's coming in, and then I want to tell, I want you to tell me what you think about all of this. Well, we have one texter who brings up that uh, Obama pardoned Chelsea Manning. I'm not mm-hmm. sure why the Texas is bringing that up other than maybe trying to say Obama did worse. Yeah. But By the way, Obama, uh, Trump's only, he's like pardoned like until now, like a half a dozen people, maybe a little less. In eight years of Obama, I'm reading here, pardoned more than 200 and commuted the prison sentences of 1,715. A lot of them were minorities that he felt were victims of an imbalance in the criminal justice system that he was going to make right. Okay, I think there's an abuse of the pardon system there, too. No question. Uh, But do we need to come down to Obama's level on anything? God, I hope not. Yeah, I mean, you're basically making the point that two wrongs don't make a right. I mean, the one thing that was striking to me and you pointed this out is these are all big celebrity figures that Trump knows, knows personally. Blagojevich was on The Apprentice once upon a time. He and Martha Stewart were real, real tight. Uh, it just kind of makes it seem like he's helping out his buddies. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. That's not a when you're when you're the president who says you're trying to drain the swamp. Yeah. That is pretty swampy. I don't know. He's the worst of the swamp dwellers. He's the poster child for everything that is wrong with government that the president was elected to fix and not be party to. You can't do this, Mr. President. Yeah, but I, he probably will. I don't know whether he will or not. I'm hoping Ron was right <laughs> out mean, of Claremont. He's I don't know what kind do of. It. I don't know what kind of deal he's trying to make with Borgoy. I don't know what that has to do with anything. What kind of deal there would be? He to thought deal the with sentence that. was excessive. Okay, and and one of Comey's um, closest associates, um, Attorney Fitzgerald, he he was the guy who drove this. Okay, so he wants to stick it to Comey. 
Okay? And then there well, may I mean, be the yeah. element of, hey, listen, see what I'm doing for these people here? You big names caught in the Mueller probe right now. Don't flip and go against me. All right? If you wind up in the slammer, I'll take care of you. I will give Trump credit for one thing. He knows how to dominate the news cycle. It's unbelievable. Every day. It is flat out he unbelievable. He knew when he tweeted this out yesterday that it was going to dominate the headlines, and it did. I got great stuff all morning long. Topic A, off the top. See? Mission accomplished yeah. at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. No question about it. We're talking about it, and uh, we're just getting rolling. Coming up. We got the news with Alan Spector, the official start of hurricane season, everything you need to know. And by the way, in Florida, it's the beginning of the sales tax holiday as well, I'm told. So we will get the very latest on that. Welcome to the month of June and welcome to the hurricane season. That's where we begin our news update at the bottom of the hour. Alan, take it away. Well, bud, it officially begins today, and more Floridians have already been making advanced preparations. A new AAA survey finds 81% of the state's residents have been getting ready. That's up by 23% from 2016. Spokesman Matt Nasworthy says the last two seasons were apparently a wake-up call. In 2016, we had Matthew. In uh, t- last year, we had Harvey in Texas creating a huge impact there. We had Irma here in Florida making another big impact. When those type of things hit the news and people see that stuff, they're going to want to make those preparations. Most Floridians say they would evacuate if ordered to do so, but 62% say they would only leave their home for a Category 3 hurricane or greater. Nasworthy says that makes getting prepared with necessary supplies even more important. This news is brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Now, if you haven't stocked up for the hurricane season, you'll be happy to know that sometimes procrastination pays off. Starting today, there is no sales tax on a variety of storm supplies here in Florida, everything from candles to portable generators. Chris Kaiser with the Outdoor Power Equipment Institute says they make a world of difference after a storm. The key is to be ready before the storm. Again, if you had a chainsaw and a generator and a water pump, whether you were in Florida or Houston last year, you were ahead of the game. Florida's sales tax holiday for disaster preparedness continues through next Thursday. Investigators say a car that recently hit and killed a mother and her toddler in Tampa was traveling more than 100 miles an hour before the crash. An arrest warrant released by the Tampa Police Department says the suspect's car reached a speed of 102 miles per hour along Bayshore Boulevard before braking hard. The car hit and fatally injured Jessica Robinolt and her 21-month-old daughter Lilia as they legally crossed the street. Two sponsors are pulling their ads from Samantha Bee's TV show after she called Ivanka Trump an obscene name on TBS Auto Trader said they're suspending their sponsorship of Full Frontal with Samantha B as a result of her offensive and unacceptable comments. State Farm also said they're suspending their advertising. B apologized for the remark, saying she crossed a line. There's a new champion coming out of the National Spelling Bee. 14-year-old Karthik Nemeni of McKinney, Texas, coming out on top of the Scripps National Spelling Bee, beating over 500 competitors thanks to this word, which means intimate spiritual communion or Christian fellowship. Koinonia. K-O-I-N-O-N-I-A. Koinonia. That is correct. ESPN airing much of the action live as the spellers duked it out at the posh Gaylord National Resort in Maryland. 
Nimani gets more than $42,000 in cash and prizes. Jill Nato, Fox News. Plenty of coin for Koinonia. I don't know how those kids do it, Alan. They are amazing. <laughs> Koinonia, Koinonia. <laughs> WFLA News Time is 6.35. I'm Alan Spector, News Radio 1025 WFLA. Get these stories and more at 1025WFLA.com. The first hour of Good Morning Orlando continues now. From the Frontgate Realty Studio, we join you. Visit laurahasthebuyers.com. Now, we're going to be joined by Gina Cervetti live from the New York City Bloomberg Newsroom with our Friday morning Bloomberg Business Report. And good Friday morning to you, Gina. Bud, good Friday morning to you. Boy, the tariff news came out yesterday. Stock prices tumbled. How are things looking this morning? Actually, things look pretty good this morning. The stock futures indicating a higher Wall Street open as investors await that May jobs report. They're optimistic that an all-out trade war can be avoided, and there seems to be a breakthrough in the political crisis in Italy. Now, economists surveyed by Bloomberg are estimating job growth of 190,000 with this employment report this morning. The unemployment rate staying at 3.9 percent. But as you say, yesterday, a big drop on Wall Street. The White House slapped those duties on steel and aluminum imports from major U.S. trading partners. The Dow down 252 to 24,416. The S&P lower by 19 or 7 tenths percent to 2705. And the Nasdaq falling 20 points. The Bloomberg Orlando index down about 1.1 percent. And now there's a lot of concern in some of the markets about retaliation by these uh, countries that we just hit with these tariffs. And the meat markets are reacting to that, right? They are. Mexico's plan for retaliatory tariffs on U.S. products, including some pork, rattled the meat markets yesterday. Shares of meat producers tumbled after Mexico's announcement. Hog futures slumped. About 22 percent of U.S. pork is exported, and Mexico is the largest buyer by volume. That country has... uh, been a key importer of hams at a time of record U.S. production and has also helped support the value of hogs. Okay, now Wells Fargo, I mean, has been well chronicled, um, just all the awful things that have happened to people who have accounts with Wells Fargo. Some of those victims now are going to get some relief apparently, right? They are. Wells Fargo customers who did not consent to as many as three and a half million accounts created by bankers in their names are finally getting what a judge is calling rough justice. This federal judge signed off on a $142 million class action deal for account holders at the center of the scandal. The payouts will vary according to how many fake accounts were created in a person's name and also the damage done to their bank balances and to their credit scores. Okay, um, Disney workers getting pay raises. Um, You know, I'd be shouting from the rooftop here of the studio if it were Orlando, but apparently we're talking Disney California. What's the story? Yes, uh, California theme park workers are getting raises to $15 an hour to start over the next three years. Entry-level Disneyland workers will see pay rise to $13.25 an hour right away from $11 now, and then to $15 by 2020. That's two years ahead of a deadline set by the state of California. All right, Gina, before you go, you've got some information from our friends at CareerBuilder on the state of the summer hiring. Uh, what? How does the market look for folks looking for a summer job? 
Well, according to a survey, 41% of employers plan to hire seasonal workers this year. This is about the same as what we saw last year. 88% intend to keep some of those employees on full-time after the season. That's actually up from 79%. And about a quarter of employees, or employers, I should say, will be paying $15 an hour this summer. That'll do it for the Bloomberg Business Report. That'll do it for... All week long here, we've had Gina Savetti on, as we always do at 635. She does such a great job. Enjoy your weekend. We'll catch you Monday morning, Gina. Thanks, bud. Have a great weekend. Thank you very much. I intend to. <laughs> Looking forward to it, as we all are. But we've got lots to talk about between now and the end of our show at 9 a.m. A new book claims that Obama was racked with self-doubt when Trump won. We're going to get into that, and then I'm going to ask you a question if you had been able to sit down alongside Obama the night Trump won and Hillary lost to console the former president, what would you have told him was the key to Trump's victory? 407 916 5400, text line 23680, where standard message and data rates apply. I'll update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic before we get into all of that with Obama, and I'll do it in two minutes here on News Radio 1025 WFLA. You recognize the name Ben Rhodes? He was a presidential speechwriter for Obama, then became his deputy national security advisor, was always close by Obama's side during his two terms as president. He's got a new memoir coming out. It's called In the World. It's called The World As It Is. It comes out in a couple of days. And, uh, and Rhodes writes that in the days after Trump defeated Obama-backed Hillary Clinton, Obama confided to staffers, you know, sometimes I wonder whether I was 10 or 20 years too early. The first black president, the quote-unquote post-political president, the man with all the great ideas, the most liberal man ever to occupy the office. Maybe I'm just too far ahead of my time, and Hillary was going to be an extension of my presidency because I couldn't run for a third term. And then he's quoted in the book as saying, Obama, maybe we pushed too far. You think? Maybe people just wanted want to fall back into their tribe. Maybe we pushed too hard. You did push too hard, Mr. Obama. You took a center-right country by any political analysis when you take the United States electorate as a whole, all right? It's center-right, and you jerked it hard left with your policies, your liberal policies, and your liberal view of the world on a host of issues that ran against the grain of the majority of American people who would show up at the polls. You did push too far. And the recoil happened on election night in 2016. Days after the election loss by Hillary, the book quotes Obama as saying, maybe this is what people want. I've got the economy set up well for him. Are you kidding me? The economy was atrocious. It was in the tank. The president has performed a miracle in turning around what you did to the American economy, let alone what you did to America's place in the world. And he says, you know what? Maybe they're just, this is what they want. No facts, no consequences. They can just have a cartoon, he is quoted as saying. That's what he thinks of President Trump. Well, I got to tell you what, 
This is a cartoon, all right? Keep the hits coming. I'll be watching all day long. So there you go. And, it, and Rhodes writes that Obama was still in shock by the possibility that Trump could unravel the Obama legacy, which, thank God, he is doing a masterful job of. Now, my question to you, we're going to hear Ben Rhodes on election night, and that's really something. But my real important question off the quotes from this book by Ben Rhodes, very close confidant of Obama during his two terms, and still close with him now, it is reported. If you could have sat down beside Barack Obama late on the evening of November 8, 2016, after Trump had beaten Hillary, and Hillary was to extend, essentially, the Obama presidency for another term or two, if you could sit, have sat down alongside Obama to console the grieving, shell-shocked president, how, what would you have told him to help him understand why Trump won? What would you have told Obama? 407-916-5400. Tell me, and we'll tell the world here on Good Morning Orlando. Text line 23680, standard message and data rates apply. Callers on what you would have told Obama on election night to help him understand what happened when Trump won and Hillary lost. Stay on the line. Uh, I have to believe that Obama was in pretty much the same shape as the guy who just wrote the book about all of this, his close advisor, Ben Rhodes. Now, we don't have Obama recorded, but we have Rhodes One of Obama's closest confidants in the White House, here he is on election night when he realized, finally, the ultimate nightmare that had come true for him, Obama, Hillary, and the entire political left. Trump had won. I just came outside to try to process all this. Um, It's a lot to to process. I mean, uh, I, I can't even... <laughs> I, I can't. I, I mean, I. I this is great. I, I, I can't. <laughs> I, I can't. I can't put it into words. I, I don't know what the words are. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. They so deserved what they got on November eighth, twenty sixteen. No sympathy from the Bud Man. Yaffe, what do you think of all of this? And and what is quoted? by Ben Rhodes of Obama on election. Maybe we push too far. Maybe this Trump is what the people want. You know, one thing I did find really interesting is Obama talked about how, um, you know, he ran against Hillary the same way Trump did, that they both kind of ran as the anti-establishment. Right. So I, I don't know. I found that really interesting. Yeah, yeah. And Rhodes, Rhodes writes that, you know, he should have seen this coming because they right. ran against Hillary in 08 successfully. The same way Trump ran against Hillary now, that she was yeah. corrupt, establishment couldn't be trusted with the with the power of government. And people wanted change. Yeah. And I think that was the big <laughs> message of Trump as well. Yeah, true. Interesting. All right, Scott, you're in Orlando. What would you have told Obama on election night? I would have told Obama that, uh, you know, you should have helped Hillary more for the Democrat Party, but I know that you hate her so much. We know who wears the pants in Obama's family. It's Michael. I mean, Michelle. Thank you, bud. Okay. And, John, thanks for waiting. Good morning on this from Orlando, John. Hello, bud. Always great to be on your show. Nice to have you here. Uh, Yeah, my my thing I would tell Obama is, you know, 
the people I, around me, the conservatives I know, started to realize how this guy lied so frequently and so regularly and so casually. I mean, the last big one I heard was, you know, we, we've passed from the shadow of the economic crisis. You know, he, he announced that all of the economic measures, you know, a month before he left, that all had you know taken effect and the economy's in smooth shape now. And as you said, that's a complete bald-faced lie. Anybody who knows economy economics knows the economy was not healthy so too many too many lies too many years right yeah too many lies constantly it was obvious people were seeing it and it was obvious all our democrat friends were covering up for him which was really disturbing thank you john very much i appreciate it i think i think what i would have told obama was you can't take a center a right center country and jerk it this hard left for that long without getting a recoil and a rebound and that is just what you got the American people didn't like how you hamstrung the economy with your leftist policies driving your regulations. They didn't like where you were on immigration and open borders. They didn't like how you pulled America back from leadership on the world stage and the ruin of that. They didn't like how you, and if Hillary had won, she would have been your continuation, basically, how you apologized for American greatness on the world stage. We didn't like you. You were too far out to the left. By any measure, the most left-wing president ever to hold the office. Nice to have someone who was African-American as president of the United States. That was not the problem. The problem was you, your personal ideology, and what you did to this country for eight years. And by God, we weren't going to have anybody extending that. What I would have told him. Alan Spector updating the news, top of the hour. Here we are on the 1st of June. Guess what? It's the official start of the hurricane season. He'll tell you what you need to know. And I'll tell you what, game one of the NBA Finals. I had to DVR it and fast forward through it this morning. It was incredible. It went into overtime. We'll have that story as well. It's Good Morning Orlando rolling into hour number two for the Frontgate Realty Studio. Visit LauraHasTheBuyers.com. And good morning, Orlando, at 6.59. Good morning, Orlando. It's 7 o'clock on a Friday. Welcome aboard. You're on the 50,000-watt front porch for our latest look at Orlando's news, weather, and traffic. Right here, right now, for you on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Alan Spector. Our top story this morning, as I think we've been telling you every day this week, today is day one of hurricane season. More coming up in a minute. And Roseanne Barr, Samantha B, and the double standard. My take and yours straight ahead on Good Morning Orlando. 703 on News Radio 1025. The Atlantic hurricane season officially starting today is expected to be an average one. NOAA forecaster Dr. Jerry Bell says there could be less activity than we saw last year when the Southeast and the Caribbean dealt with Hurricanes Harvey, Irma, and Maria, but we could still be feeling the impact of those storms. We know certain areas have have been compromised from last year's storms, and that makes hurricane preparedness even more important this year because you're you're living with homes that may and and other er, things that just aren't as hurricane prepared as you may have had last year. Bell says we could see between five and nine hurricanes with up to four becoming Category 3 or higher. 
The news is brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. SpaceX says it needed to conduct additional tests on the second stage of a Falcon 9 rocket, so an overnight launch from Cape Canaveral Air Force Station was postponed. The rocket has a European communications satellite on board, and SpaceX says it's shooting for a Monday launch. Again, it'll be an early morning liftoff. A four-hour window opens at 12.29 a.m., and again, that is on Monday. Anguish and anger in Tallahassee as the Department of Corrections holds a public hearing on its plan to reduce visitation at Florida prisons. The DOC claims it has to cut back in in-person visits because there aren't enough guards, but Darina Hoban says that's nonsense. It's been said the visitations are being reduced because of shortage of staff and contraband issues. Please, I urge you to be a little bit more honest than that. If there is such a shortage of staff, then why is there six to seven officers sitting around chatting during last week's visitation. Hoban moved from Ireland so she could visit her partner on weekends, and she says the state has no right to punish her and other family members for its own financial mismanagement. President Trump offered a presidential pardon Thursday to conservative pundit and filmmaker Dinesh D'Souza. Who could get the next one? Fresh off the heels of his fifth pardon, President Trump is now considering adding to that tally. One could go to TV personality Martha Stewart, who lied to federal investigators in 2004. He's also considering commuting the sentence of former Illinois Governor Rod Blagojevich, who was impeached over corruption charges. But backlash is already brewing. The president defending his pardon of conservative filmmaker Dinesh D'Souza. He says, I've always felt he was very unfairly treated. What should have been a quick minor fine, like everybody else with the election stuff, what they did to him was horrible. D'Souza pleaded guilty in 2014 for campaign finance law violations, but claims he was targeted by the Obama administration. That's Fox's Jackie Ibanez. It's the Rod Blagojevich pardon that he's contemplating or commuting his sentence, 14 years for the poster boy for government corruption. The former Illinois governor tried to sell the Obama Senate seat. That's the one that really gets me. If this president is about draining the swamp, and he is and he's doing it, you cannot... You cannot commute the sentence of the biggest swamp dweller of all, Rod Blagojevich. I said it earlier. I'll say it again. And that guy should be behind bars for his haircut alone. (laughs) He's got another seven years, I hope. At Oakland last night, the reigning champs take the series opener in the NBA Finals. They needed the extra frame, but the Golden State Warriors take the 1-0 series edge. Curry drives to the basket, throws it behind his back to Livingston. Livingston jump hook, bounces in. Cavaliers. Mike Breen there on ABC. Steph Curry finds Sean Livingston for the behind-the-back pass for the jumper that would cap off a 7-0 run to open up overtime for the Warriors after J.R. Smith's flub that could have won it for the Cleveland Cavaliers in regulation. Curry guides the way for Golden State with a team-high 29 points in the 124-114 Game 1 win in the NBA Finals, despite LeBron providing 51 points for the Cavs. Game 2 coming up on Sunday. Matt Napolitano, Fox News. I fast-forwarded through the DVR recording of that overnight. Cavs had it. Yes. They had it. It was an amazing performance by LeBron James. I hope it's going to be a great series. We'll see. Yeah, WFLA news time is 7.07. A new study suggests smartphone alerts can impact brain chemistry, and it's not a positive impact. Hmm. That story is online at 1025wfla.com. The second hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. Weather and traffic for the best audience in talk radio. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 1025. In this hour, uh, a tale of two foul mouthed comedians and the double standard. Roseanne Barr makes a racist tweet about an Obama 
official loses her show. Samantha B says on television the worst thing you can call a woman directed at the president's daughter Ivanka Trump. And she survives with only an apology and is honored last night by the industry? How do you feel about that? I'll tell you how I feel and more detail in a moment, and we'll talk about it. 407-916-5400, or hit the text line, never busy, 23680, but standard message and data rate supply there. And, of course, coming right up, stay with me. I'll have an update for you on Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in just two minutes on News Radio 1025 WFL. This double standard that excuses outrageous behavior and obscene behavior by liberals and absolutely brings the world down around somebody on the conservative side of the ledger has never been in more crystal clear relief than it is this morning. Roseanne Barr, with the tweet about Valerie Jarrett, top advisor to Trump, who happens to be black and was born in Iran, although her parents were just working there, and were Americans, the tweet about the Muslim Brotherhood and Planet of the Apes had a baby equals VJ, cost Roseanne Barr her reputation, which I've never thought was much anyway. I'm not a big Roseanne Barr fan since she desecrated the national anthem. I've had a problem with her. But, but the fact of the matter is her show, number one on ABC, was canceled for this. And all the collateral damage of all the people who had nothing to do with that tweet, who don't have jobs anymore, was an unbelievable reaction by ABC. An apology was never going to be good enough. But then you have on the liberal side of the ledger, comedian Samantha B, who has a TV show on TBS network called Full Frontal, is reacting to a picture of Ivanka Trump, the president's daughter, hugging her child, and goes after her because she hates President Trump's policies on illegal immigration. And this is what was said on television. This is not a tweet in the middle of the night. This is on television in prime time. Do something about your dad's immigration practices, you feckless c***. He listens. I'm not going to give you the word, but it's worse than the B word. It's the worst word you can call a woman. I think any woman would tell you. Samantha B. continuing on after apologizing on Twitter. I would like to sincerely apologize to Ivanka Trump and to my viewers for using an expletive on my show to describe her last night. It was inappropriate and inexcusable. I crossed the line, and I deeply regret it. TBS Network that has her show issuing an apology. Samantha B. has taken the right action in apologizing for the vile and inappropriate language she used about Ivanka Trump last night. These words should not have been aired. It was our mistake, too, and we regret it. So, a couple of apologies, and we move on. And last night, the ultimate insult and revelation of the double standard at work here, my friend. Samantha B. and her show were honored at a Television Academy event not open to the press. I've got reaction from the First Lady and from Ivanka's brother, Donald Trump Jr., here in a moment. But I want to know where you are on all of this. 
the double standard. I mean, not that it's a surprise, but there it is in front of you with these foul-mouthed comedians, conservative Roseanne Barr, liberal Samantha Bee. And in the world of liberally dominated media, you see the way it plays out. What do you think? 407-916-5400. Text line is 236-80. For the racist tweet about Valerie Jarrett, Roseanne Barr loses her career, maybe, certainly loses her show, number one ranked by ABC, canceled. And everybody associated with it that had nothing to do with what Roseanne tweeted, out of a job. Wow. You talk about applying the corporate death penalty, there it is. Samantha B says the worst word you can say of any woman on television about Ivanka Trump and an apology apparently has her just moving on and all is well. Now, there is one component here, and Yaffe and I discussed this before we went on the air. It was racist what Roseanne Barr tweeted, and she admitted it, about Valerie Jarrett, who's black, okay? That was a racist comment. Planet of the Apes, likening a black person to an ape. That's racist. Corporate death penalty. The other side is just about as vulgar as it gets, but it's not racist. Yaffe, if it had been a racist comment by Samantha Bee, even though she is a darling of the liberals, how do you think it would have played out? Yeah, I think she would have been fired do if you? it was racist. Yeah, I mean, we have we have one texter who is basically saying the same thing, says what she said was awful, Samantha B. But vulgarity is way different from racism. I think there is a double standard. I just don't think the double standard is in this case is necessarily left versus right. I think the double standard is what you can criticize. You're not there's not as much backlash if you're a woman criticizing a woman like that as there would be if she said something racist. So you can bash Christians, you can bash white people, you can bash women to a certain extent, but racism is the line. I think that's the real double standard here. I think we're having a lot of trouble, you know, in in this society determining where the line is. Yeah, I would agree with that. We really are. Uh, Tony, you're in Orlando. Thoughts on all of this? Hey, bud. Hi. Good morning. Well, there's no question there's a double standard, but uh, two wrongs don't make a right. And I think the, the trap that the Republican Party has fallen into is that we're taking or we're, we're accepting people that don't belong near us. Roseanne Barr is not a Republican, don't belong near us. The rap star is not a Republican, he don't belong near us. And we're falling into that trap, and that trap is going to bite us. Interesting thoughts on that. That is a great point. It is. I think he's exactly right. We're falling into that trap because we just want to fight, so we're allowing people near us that Roseanne was never conservative or Republican. She probably shouldn't be on our team to begin with. Well, she's pro-Trump off air, and the character was pro-Trump, at least in that first episode. Other than that, yeah. Yeah. I don't like her and never have, but at any rate, we plow on. Here's John and Castleberry weighing in. Good morning, John. Good morning. Listen, if she would have been saying something racial, they would have canned her like a tuna real quick. It it isn't a double standard, and I hate to say it, but I agree with, with Daffy. He's right about, you know, what's going on. Thank you. Did you say you, you agree with Daffy? Did I hear him say Daffy? Oh, let's not let's not start this Daffy. with my no, name. I've heard Yappy. I've never heard Daffy. 
<laughs> Ooh, Daffy. Yaffy. <laughs> Y-A-F-F-E-E. Got it. What's on the text line, Mike? Um, one person likes Roseanne, says Roseanne is a hero. ABC would have canceled her during the election season for much less anyway. So some people still like Roseanne. I don't know if I would call her a hero, but... Now, standing up for her husband through her spokeswoman, First Lady Melania Trump. The double standard is truly astounding. Time and again, the Trump family and members of this administration are subjected to false reporting, hateful rhetoric, outrageous lies, all in the name of freedom of speech or comedy, yet the mainstream media stays silent. Sarah Sanders, the language used by Samantha Bee last night, vile and vicious. The collective silence by the left and the media allies, appalling. And Ivanka's brother, Donald Trump Jr., good point here. Good thing there's no double standard. Imagine someone, anyone said this about Michelle Obama or the Obama girls. You think they'd still have a TV show? And the answer is, my guess is no, because that would have a racist element to it, okay? Racism is in totally different category than anything else in our society. And that's the truth, and that's the reality, and Roseanne certainly knows it. But there is also a liberal conservative double standard going on here. But the issue of racism being a part of what Roseanne said through Twitter and not a part of what Samantha Bee said on television about Ivanka changes the penalties dramatically. Whether you agree with that or not, that's the reality. Good morning, Orlando. Good Friday morning to you. News now. Alan Spector joining us. So we're all checking the calendar. Here we go. It's the first day of June. But that in Florida, not just another day. Right, Alan? It's the official start of the 2018 Atlantic hurricane season. Time to party, everybody. <laughs> While well, you can. You know, after we got pounded by Matthew in 2016 in Irma last year, mm-hmm. a new AAA survey bud shows 81% of Floridians are making advanced preparations for this season. Yeah, that'll get your attention. That's up 23% from two years ago, and spokesman Matt Nasworthy says most would evacuate if told to with this caveat. More than half of Floridians, about 62%, wouldn't leave their homes unless you had a Category 3 storm or higher coming their way. And with that in mind, they need to be prepared. They need to have those supplies to get them through the storm, the non-perishable food, the water, all those things. And Nasworthy recommends you have the necessary insurance coverage, including flood insurance. I think that's about right. I think three, a three would... A three would get you out of the house? Yeah, I'd be out. (laughs) I think so. Other than that, I'd probably hunker down. You One know? or two, get me a beer and... Uh, <laughs> Hang in there. I think I, well, come on. How would you play it? Watch the whole thing on TV. How would you play it? It's got to be a three or more, doesn't it, to get you out? I, I don't know. All right. Well, think about that while you bring us the rest of the news. Anything else going on? I don't know. I'm so concerned now about what category <laughs> storm I would leave my home under. I don't know if I can concentrate on anything else. Go ahead. Uh, this Give news, it a shot. I will tell you this news is brought to you by Trusco Bank, That's Florida's good. hometown bank. That's good. Now, the experts say you should already be prepared for hurricane season, as many apparently are, but the state made it worth your while to wait until today because this is the start of a sales tax holiday in Florida for disaster preparedness. And Chris Kaiser with the Outdoor Power Equipment Institute says you can save money on things like flashlights, batteries, tops, uh, tops, tarps, radios, and generators. The key to storms is preparation. You don't want to be looking for these things 
or fuel for these things after the fact. And so I think what the state is doing here is telling people, get ready. Yeah, well, a top might come in handy if the TV goes out (laughs) for entertainment purposes. (laughs) The uh, tax holiday uh, continues through next Thursday. Investigators in Lake County are searching for an inmate who escaped from a prison there yesterday. Allenton John fled his work assignment outside the Lake Correctional Institution on U.S. Highway 27 in Claremont. Investigators think he stole a silver Toyota pickup with Florida tag JHWC97. They say there might have been a gun in the truck, so it's possible he's armed. John was serving a 15-year sentence for aggravated battery with a deadly weapon. Mm. Governor Rick Scott will be in Orlando today to talk about job creation. Uh, The Republican who's running for the U.S. Senate will attend the opening of Wyndham Destinations headquarters. In Washington, the tab so far for the special counsel's investigation into Russian election meddling is out. The Justice Department releasing a financial report Thursday saying the investigation into Russian election interference has cost nearly $17 million. The department says the investigation alone is about $9 million, the rest of the money coming from the cost of having a special counsel appointed on top of it. That money covers the price of prosecutors, office rent, and travel running from May of 2017 to March of this year. President Trump's still calling it a witch hunt, but Robert Mueller's effort has produced five guilty pleas. In Washington, Joel Nato, Fox News. And elsewhere, bud. Yes, sir. A sign for a realtor in New Jersey that was swept away during a hurricane has been found on a beach in France. Whoa. Diane Turton Realtors says they believe the sign was ripped away from one of their waterfront listings during Superstorm Sandy in 2012. Someone in France said they found the sign on the beaches of Bordeaux. The company said having their signage wash up on a French beach is a testament to the fact that Diane Turton Realtors is a global real estate company. Yeah, I guess so. I would have left I would have left my home for Sandy and the home sign left town for Sandy. It did. Wow. All the way across the ocean. Amazing. A fisherman in Virginia is celebrating what might be a record catch. Jeffrey Dill reeled in a sixty eight pound catfish at Lake Smith over the weekend. He says after wrestling with the fish for 15 minutes, he was finally able to reel it in. Dill named the catfish Big Earl. Those things are nasty. The the current catfish record is just over 66 pounds. His was 68. You fry them up just right and there's nothing better. Yeah, and then after that, enjoy a donut. Today is National Donut Day. And plenty of places are offering free donuts to celebrate, bud. Yeah. Dunkin' Donuts is giving away a free donut with any beverage purchase. Burger King is offering a flame-grilled donut at a location in Miami Beach and four other stores in New York, L.A., Boston, and Salt Lake City. It's actually a Whopper with a hole cut in the middle and the donut hole served on the side. Wow, wow. For those who have, like, maybe one artery left that isn't fully clogged and want to finish the job, that might be what does it. Papa John's is handing out a free order of hot donut holes with any online purchase. And lastly, Krispy Kreme, my personal favorite, is offering one free donut all day with no purchase necessary. Yeah, for you're kind of known as the donut king around here. Yeah, didn't you once bring in donuts for Donut Day? What? No. I I thought you did. I seem to recall, although I don't see any this morning, I might add. Aren't you a donut guy? Blame the sales team for that, not me. you're a big-time donut guy. No? I love donuts, but I don't know if I'm the donut right. guy. What about you, Steph? Donut queen? Of course, you're always working out. You, you know, you'd probably have to have a, a kale donut or something before you'd eat it. Yeah, probably. A kale donut. <laughs> it's I'm an sure oxymoron. Nasty, leafy green thing. <laughs>
All right, Alan, thank you. Sure. News coming up at the top of the hour with Alan Spector every Friday, so stay tuned for that. In a moment, we're playing for the Trump board game, our daily sound judgment game. We just had our National Spelling Bee champ crowned. In honor of that, we're going to ask you to spell a name that is now in the news. I'll bet you can do it and win the Trump policy board game everybody wants. If you haven't won in 30 days, company says you are eligible, but you got to hop on the 50,000-watt front porch right now before everybody else grabs the open lines. Here you go. Call me for sound judgment. We'll have some fun. 407-916-5400. 407-916-5400. Looking for first-timers to join the regulars here on Sound Judgment. You can win this one. 407-916-5400. An update on Orlando's news, weather, and traffic straight ahead. Before sound judgment, we'll have news, weather, and traffic on News Radio 1025 WFLA FM and AM 540. Your spelling task on sound judgment, I hope, is a little easier than that. Let's talk about the prize we're playing for this morning, Steph. That's right. So, our sound judgment winner today gets their very own copy of the brand new policy Trump game. Play Trump policy with your family, play it with your friends, and very soon you'll know whether they are your friends. Trump policy gives everyone a chance to voice their opinion on key issues of the day, and stand up for the kind of America they want. All right, so we're playing for the sound judgment game. If you want in, wait for a wrong answer. We may have a few. And then dive in quickly at 407-916-5400, and you'll have a shot. President Trump says he's considering shortening the prison term of former Illinois Governor Rod Blagojevich, serving 14 years for corruption for, among many things, trying to sell Barack Obama's Senate seat. With a nod to the finals of the National Spelling Bee held last night, I want you to listen to some sound of Blagojevich reacting to the guilty verdict that sent him to prison. Then use your sound judgment to correctly spell Blagojevich. I, frankly, am, am stunned. Um, there's not much left to say other than uh, we want to get home to our little girls and, uh, and, and talk to them and explain things to them and, and then try to sort things out. All right, the infamous Rod Blagojevich, Blago, as he is known. How do you spell Blagojevich? Go ahead, line one. Good morning, bud. Hi. Uh, B-L-A-G-O-L-N-G. No, no, no. You kind of broke down there where most people do. Now, there's an open line. Thanks for trying. 407-916-5400. Everybody's out Googling right now, I think. But let's see how we do on line two. Spell Blagojevich. B-L-A-G-O-J-E-V-I-C-H. We have a winner. We have a winner. Congratulations. Do we also have a Googler? How did you know that? That's a tough one. Well, I had a little help. Well, that's okay. It's okay. Uh, we don't disqualify for that. You've won the Trump policy board game. Hope you have some fun playing it with your family and friends. I guarantee you'll know who your friends are when it's over. <laughs> What's your name, please? It's Frank, and I'm in Orlando. All right, Frank. Great to have you with us. Hope you're enjoying the show on a Friday morning, and you got a good weekend planned? I do, and I listen to you every single day. Thank you for that. means a lot to all of us here on the 50,000-watt front porch. You and Stephanie will talk things over and make that connection on the prize you have won. Congratulations to you, Frank. Thank you, bud. Yes, sir. Good morning, Orlando. Got plans for the weekend? 
Weather always seems to be dicey. I've never seen anything quite like it. Maybe it's a good weekend to hit the movies. How would you like to go for free? It's Free Movie Friday here on WFLA and Good Morning Orlando. I'm talking about Free Movie Friday with Atom Tickets. It's back. Now here is your chance to win free movie tickets. Are you ready? Here's what you need to do. You need to text our friends at Atom Tickets now. How do you do it? You text RECORD, R-E-C-O-R-D, to A-T-O-M-1. Text RECORD to A-T-O-M-1, otherwise known as 28661, for your chance to win free movie tickets. Now, the Adams Ticket app is amazing. You've got to check that out. Download it. You'll love it. Where you can browse movie titles, buy tickets, and much more. Have fun with Free Movie Friday here on Good Morning Orlando on the 50,000-watt front porch. Got another hour to go. Um, We're going to pry open the loony left file and take you out to the left coast in California where we have a young enterprising mayor who has a plan to bring peace to his city with a problem of violence. How's he going to do it? He's going to pay suspicious people money if they will promise not to shoot anybody. He calls it advanced peace. He's got another idea, too, whose time has not come, in my humble opinion, and we'll talk about what this guy wants for his city in California. Keep in mind, California has often been a bellwether. Things that they get started there somehow sweep across the land. This one we need to nip in the bud, if you'll pardon the pun, and I'll do my best on that score, and we'll see what you think in the next hour, okay? And um, right now, stay tuned. Alan Spector updating our news from the Frontgate Realty Studio. Visit laurahasthebuyers.com. Um, reinforcing what I think many of you may know, that today marks the official start of the hurricane season. It's also a start of a sales tax um, holiday to help you get prepared for the storms. And a game one of the NBA Finals, the Cavs against the Golden State Warriors, went into overtime last night. It was incredible, and Alan will give you the, the latest on that. All the news coming right up. Good morning to you at 7.59 now. Good morning, Orlando. Top of the morning to you here. You're on the 50,000-watt front porch on a Friday at 8 o'clock as we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic right here, right now for you on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Alan Spector. Our top story this morning, hurricane season is here. Details are coming up in one minute. How about we pay thugs if they promise not to shoot anybody? They're trying that in one city. Should we try it here? That's next on Good Morning Orlando. 8.02 on News Radio 1025. Today is the start of the 2018 Atlantic hurricane season. Brian Lamar with the National Weather Service says this year there's better forecasting to help you prepare. Typically a hurricane watch, we're going to be providing that anywhere up to about 48 hours in advance, where it used to be 36 hours. And hurricane warnings used to be about 24 hours, now we're going about 36, so about an extra 12 hours, which can definitely help people plan for evacuations, get out of the area, and get the supplies they need. NOAA forecasters are predicting an average hurricane season with between 10 and 16 named storms and 5 to 9 hurricanes. The news is brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. A launch from Cape Canaveral Air Force Station is postponed. 
A Falcon 9 rocket carrying a European communications satellite was scheduled for liftoff early this morning, but SpaceX said it's standing down to run additional tests on the rocket's second stage. The launch could now come as early as 12.29 a.m. on Monday with a four-hour window. Air Force forecasters say there's a 70% chance of acceptable weather conditions. An emotional hearing in Tallahassee as families of inmates object to a plan to cut their visits in half. Prison officials claim they're trying to stop all the contraband that ends up behind bars and video conferencing is just as good. But Judy Thompson says the state's just trying to make more money. How cruel is it to try to balance the budget on the heads of those who have a loved one in prison? And using the contraband excuse to justify this action is all smoke and mirrors. The Corrections Department admits visitors are only responsible for a small fraction of the contraband. Most of it comes from guards and other staffers trying to supplement their meager salaries. At the White House, President Trump is awaiting a letter from Kim Jong-un to be personally delivered by a top North Korean official. Kim Yong-chol, the right-hand man of Chairman Kim, is coming to Washington after two days of meetings in New York with Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, who told reporters that good progress is being made towards a summit. The United States' objective is very consistent and well-known. The complete, verifiable, and irreversible denuclearization of the Korean Peninsula. Pompeo would not say whether the summit is a definite go for Singapore on June 12th and that if a decision would be made after President Trump reads Kim Jong-un's letter. In Washington, Rachel Sutherland, Fox News. The defending champion Golden State Warriors are the winners in Game 1 of the NBA Finals at Oakland, beating the Cleveland Cavaliers in overtime 124-114. to In a classic blunder, the Cavs' J.R. Smith dribbled out the clock at the end of regulation instead of using the rebound he grabbed after a missed free throw to help score a possible game-winning basket. Teammate LeBron James was mystified. I knew it was a tie game. We, we, we was down one. Um, George Hill went up. He made the first one. We got the offensive rebound. You know, I thought we were all aware of what was going on. That's my view. So I don't know what Jr. was thinking. LeBron James led all scorers with 51 points. The Warriors and Cavaliers meet in Game 2 at Oakland on Sunday. It's heartbreaking for the Cavs. I don't think anybody thought they'd even stay on the court with Golden State, particularly out there, and they did, and LeBron was great. And boy, I'll tell you what, they did blow that game out. I watched the replay this morning. And to come so close to stealing one on the road. That's so important, It'll be interesting to see if they can bounce back from that. Yep. WFLA News Time is 8.06. A hero dog jumps in a pool to rescue another dog. Watch the video online at 1025wfla.com. The third hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. News, weather, traffic. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 1025. And alongside Alan Spector, who brings us the news every Friday, the butt man here on the 50,000 watt front porch. Our executive producer through the glass in the control room, the one and only Yaffe, and screening. We've got Stephanie ready to take your calls on a topic I really want to get your opinion on. 407-916-5400 or text me, always open there, 23680. Put standard message and data rate supply, of course. Um, Think about this applied to Orlando or the city or the town where you live. It is the plan of a California mayor to reduce violence, specifically gun violence, in his community. 
Now, I, I, I want you to think about this. And whether you believe it should be done, whether it will work, and whether it would work where you live, his plan is <laughs> to take people they believe could potentially shoot others and give them an incentive not to do that by giving them cash payments, $1,000 a month. To residents, they are considered a high risk to potentially shoot another person. In order to get the money, they must resist the temptation to shoot somebody. Is that the key to reducing gun-related crime in American cities? Or just another crazed scheme, deeply flawed, generated by the loony left? We'll talk about it. 407-916-5400, text line 23680, where standard message and data rates apply. He's got another scheme, too. I'll tell you what this is all about. It will not surprise you that this guy runs a city in California. An update on Atlanta's news, weather, and traffic coming as well here in two minutes on News Radio 1025 WFLA. Opening up the Budman's loony left file right now, we take you to Stockton, California, just outside the capital city of Sacramento where they have a 27-year-old liberal Democrat black mayor by the name of Michael Tubbs. He's a Stanford graduate, and he has a plan to reduce gun violence in Stockton, California, the city where he is mayor, okay? And here it is. It's called Advanced Peace. And under this plan... And he doesn't explain how it gets paid for, except he assures us all that taxpayers will not be on the hook. I don't know if I buy that, but that's what he says. Under his advanced peace program, they would allocate stipends of up to $1,000 a month to residents considered a high risk to potentially shoot another individual. And they will get the $1,000 free and clear every month that they do not shoot anybody. The theory behind this is that offering these individuals an alternative path, which includes counseling and case management over an 18-month period, along with a stipend, might show a positive improvement and a reduction in gun-related crime. The mayor says this, let me be clear, advance peace is not a get-out-of-jail-free card. Participating in this program does not erase the past, but it does help these young men learn how to make better choices for their own and our community's collective future. Got a lot of details to work out. They hope to get the thing started with a pilot program next year. Paying, threatening people, thugs, whatever you want to call them, all right, that they're worried might shoot somebody, We'll pay $1,000 a month. We'll give you $1,000 a month if you resist the temptation to shoot anybody. Is that going to work? Could that work where you live? Could that work here in Orlando to reduce gun-related crime? The one big issue is how you pay for this thing. And ultimately, it's all going to come back to the taxpayers. I don't care what he says. I don't know where else you would possibly fund anything like that. There's another problem here, Yaffe. As I look at this, I see these people that they've identified as a threat to shoot somebody, 
essentially blackmailing the city, extorting more money out of them, saying, well, listen, I did it for a thousand bucks this month, but if you want me to keep this up, I'm going to need more money. That's what I think would happen. That's a great point. I really do. What do you think of this concept? Well, I mean, it sets a bad precedent because what we're doing is we're bribing people not to behave badly. <laughs> yes. I mean, that's exactly this, right. Is that's this exactly really right. what we want to do as a country yeah. right now? What do you think about this, Steph? I mean, honestly, they can just write me one big check and I'll be good. I mean, $100,000, you, you can yeah. maybe just like never shoot anybody. No, nope, I'll be good. <laughs> just write me a check to my name. There you go. <laughs> Let's go to the phones. Carlos in Orlando. What about this scheme from the loony left in California? What about it? This is another uh, situation we're talking about a year from now, maybe, maybe a year from now. Uh, gun-free zones exist in schools, churches, movie houses, etc. That's true, but what does that have to do with this scheme? What does this have to do with getting rid of gun-free zones and avoiding... The, the nonsense and, and having somebody be able to protect themselves. I think that's a great, great point, and it's a topic we discuss many times, but it's not the topic we are discussing now. What about this scheme out in Stockton? Could it work in Orlando to reduce gun-related crime? Robert, in Oviedo, what do you think? Hey, good morning, bud, man. I'll tell you, liberalism is a mental disorder. <laughs> Someone this, once said. All this does is, is make the liberals feel good because... They operate on feeling, not fact. So we're going to take somebody that behaves badly and trust them on their word to pay them off to all of a sudden behave good. Well, you have to you have to not shoot somebody, and you know, for a month, and then you get another thousand dollars, and you got to do it for another month, and then you get another thousand dollars. Yeah, it's it's just ridiculous. I mean, liberals can't accept the fact that there's a percentage of people in the world that are just damn evil. They're just evil. <laughs> That's all there is to it. There's no changing them. There's a percent that they're just bad. All right. Okay. Listen, I mean, it's just it's just outrageous. It really, really is. But I wanted to, to have you think about it and think about it in your hometown as to whether there's any merit to this. Would this kind of incentive not to kill people by people who might be inclined to, not to shoot people, could it work if you, if you paid them 1000 bucks a month? Where it's coming from, who knows? But the liberals never worry about that. Um, you know, they know they're playing with other people's money, our money, taxpayers, and that's where this would come to rest. By the way, this mayor also wants to give a select group of Stockton, California residents in his city $500 a month as a guaranteed basic income, all right? That's the other scheme he has, but I don't want to debate that right now. I want to stay on this. We'll give you $1,000 a month if you're high risk to potentially shoot somebody if you resist the temptation to do it. 407-916-5400. What about it? What do you think of this? And do you think it could possibly work there or here? 407-916-5400. Text me at 23680 where standard message and data rate supply. Callers on this mayor's plan out in California to reduce gun violence by paying suspicious characters they think might shoot somebody $1,000 a month if they promise not to. Ben, Johnny, and others will get to you. Uh, Michael will get to you shortly. But I want to check that text line where folks can also be heard. The text line 23680. What do you see, Mike? Yeah, we're getting a lot of people that are pointing out how ridiculous this really is, bud. Uh, One person said, Bud's right. I'm changing my career, saying I'm a threat 
so I can get a thousand dollars and then tell him I need more money or else. That that's it. It's <laughs> it's extortion, and that's what would happen. That that's Stephanie's grand plan. She wants a hundred grand right now, not to shoot anybody ever, right? Yeah. I won't have to work or anything. <laughs> another. <laughs> what else? Another person says you cannot shoot somebody for three months. Get three thousand dollars. Buy a lot of guns and then shoot somebody the next month. Oh, jeez. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> I love the loony left file when we open it up. Everybody gets going. And Ben, you have an interesting take on this. What do you think from Claremont, Ben? Well, I think this is obviously being set up. This mayor is going to steal this money. You know it's going to come from Ooh. the federal government. So that's what it's all about. How It's definitely coming out of our pockets somewhere along the way. There's no other source that could possibly fund such a thing. Yeah, and who, who's going to pass out the money? Probably I don't know. No himself. idea. No idea. It, it's theft. It's just, they don't even try to hide it anymore. <laughs> They actually, though, but they're dead serious about this. You can see it in, 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 in everything that he writes about it, the mayor out there. He thinks this is a great idea, okay? He's a young California black liberal with a college degree from uber-liberal Stanford, Mayor Michael Tubbs of Stockton outside of Sacramento. He thinks this is the key to reducing gun violence. Pay people you think might kill somebody not to. A thousand bucks every 30 days, they don't. Here's Johnny in Castleberry up the road. Good morning, Johnny. Good morning, good morning. Yeah, I think they're. Uh, I think he's taking the uh, Obama-Iran uh, deal uh, at heart and kind of putting it on a domestic level because that literally sounds like the same exact plan. Um, it's also kind of funny, too, because you can look at it another way and say, you know what, this is a great opportunity because now you get into pre-crime, you're getting into prime pre- uh, prevention. So essentially by accepting this a thousand dollars and getting these medical treatments or whatnot to be monitored, you're in a database, which puts you in that medical surveillance state. And also you're admitting guilt. So I think that sets a whole new precedent. And on top of that, you're in a banana Republic, like, like uh, California where the governor, Jerry Brown, just legalized knowingly giving HIV to others. So this is par for the course for these lefties. I worry that kind of thing spreads out of California, though. Um, Fine as long as it stays there. Thank you. Interesting. Really some deep thinking there. 30 seconds, Michael from Orlando. What do you think? Hey, sir. My name's Michael. And uh, I used to be stationed out there when I was in the Marines before I got shipped over to Nam. And then people were kind of crazy then. But now, what is wrong with these people out there? They, the, the next thing you know, they're going to pay people not to rape women or molest kids. Is that the next thing in California, too? That's a thought. Once you start one of these dumb things, well, it might be able to get rid of all these crazy people from Orlando because they might move out to California just to make some money. <laughs> there you go. Michael, thank you very much. News coming up here at the bottom of the hour. Alan Spector bringing it. Hurricane season officially starts today, and it also, you should know, is day one of Florida's disaster preparedness sales tax holiday. He'll give you chapter and verse on that and get you all up to date, particularly those of you just joining us on the 50,000-watt front porch as we charge toward the 9 o'clock hour. It's Good Morning Orlando Friday edition from the Frontgate Realty Studio. Visit laurahasthebuyers.com. And we hope your, we hope your Friday's off to a terrific start. We so appreciate you being with us. Stay tuned, and good morning to you at 829. Here we are, Alan, the 1st of June, and in Florida, a particularly important day. The start of hurricane season, bud, and it seems more Floridians are being proactive about getting ready before a hurricane strikes. 
According to a new AAA survey, 81% are getting ready already, up 23% since 2016. Spokesman Matt Nasworthy says being prepared means having the necessary supplies and insurance. Most folks don't have flood insurance, and flooding is the number one natural disaster that hits us here in the United States. Just two inches of water can cost over $20,000 in damage to your home. Of course, even before hurricane season, we've already taken a hit from subtropical storm Alberto. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. With the start of hurricane season comes the start of Florida's disaster preparedness sales tax holiday. Among the items you can buy tax-free is a generator if it costs less than $750. Chris Kaiser with the Outdoor Power Equipment Institute says the trick with generators, follow the safety instructions. They're perfectly safe to use when they're used appropriately. Uh, The key is education and using them wisely. Do not put them. In the garage, do not put them in a breezeway. Do not put them near an open window or door. The tax holiday for disaster prep runs through next Thursday. A store at Seminole Town Center in Sanford is among the dozens that Sears will be closing in the near future. The closings were announced after Sears Holdings reported a first quarter loss of more than $400 million. Two sponsors are pulling their ads from Samantha Bee's TBS show Full Frontal after she called first daughter Ivanka Trump an obscene name. Auto traders said they're suspending their sponsorship of the show as a result of what they call her offensive and unacceptable comments. State Farm also said they're suspending their advertising. B apologized for the remark, saying she crossed a line. Speaking of bees, we have a new spelling champion. 14-year-old Karthik Nemeni of McKinney, Texas, coming out on top of the Scripps National Spelling Bee, beating over 500 competitors thanks to this word, which means intimate spiritual communion or Christian fellowship. Koinonia. K-O-I-N-O-N-I-A. Koinonia. That is correct. ESPN airing much of the action live as the spellers duked it out at the posh Gaylord National Resort in Maryland. Nemani gets more than $42,000 in cash and prizes. Jill Nato, Fox News. How do these kids do it? And where, where do they get these words? I was about to say, what in what was that word? Koinonia? Koinonia. Christian Fellowship. Wow. I, okay. Yeah. I would have got that totally wrong. Are you kidding? I have no idea. I've never heard it in my life. I, <laughs> That's the first time know, I've heard it. This kid is $40,000. If I were a good enough speller to do that, and I was pretty good, but I was not in that league, I would have gotten an ulcer doing this. I don't know how these kids do it. $40,000. I mean, That's a lot of koinonia. It is. <laughs> elsewhere. Thank you very much. Elsewhere. <laughs> I don't think that's how you use it in a sentence, but. <laughs> elsewhere, bud. Is there a foreign root? Yeah, Derivation? Steph. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Here. We're having a spelling bee, Alan. Go ahead. Don't interrupt. Oh, go ahead. Remember Sticks, the band? Yeah. They're still around, and they're just getting started on their summer tour with Joan Jett and the Blackhearts and Tesla. And Sticks is already surprising fans. At the opening night show Wednesday in Irvine, California, the band began its encore by performing this song live in its entirety for the first time in 35 years. Mr. Roboto originally appeared on the 1983 concept album Kilroy Was Here and was written by former lead singer Dennis DeYoung, who left the band in 1999. The tour includes a stop in Tampa at the Mid-Florida Credit Union Amphitheater on June 17th. What was that? Kinanoia was here? No, Kilroy was here. Koinonia was... No, Kilroy. Was, Kilroy, Kilroy was, was here. Roboto, R-O-B-O-T. <laughs> If you're in the market for a Manhattan mansion, and I know you guys are, 
you might want to consider Michael Jackson's former digs less than a block from Central Park. There's been a price cut on the East 74th Street home that the late pop icon rented in the 1990s. The six-story house is now on the market for a mere $35 million, down from its asking price of $39 million earlier this year. It features 16 rooms, 10 fireplaces, a garden-level terrace, a rooftop deck, and high ceilings that let in lots of natural light. Wow. I'm in the market for a Manhattan at about 5 o'clock this afternoon at a nice restaurant. But other than that... <laughs> Bud Ettinger, our resident alcoholic. Before, no, before it was out of my no, price range. on a Friday right evening, just one, okay? Yeah, well, it's 8.30 in the morning. You're already thinking about drinking. No. When just... I think someone here has a problem. <laughs> okay, there And we speaking go. of people this looking is a for... very tough... The intervention is coming. I was going to say it's a tough room. It's a tough porch. As in 50,000 watts. You got anything else here? Yeah, I got one more. Speaking of people looking for homes, the 30-year-old man sued by his parents for not leaving their home is finally moving out. Michael Rotondo is reportedly moving his belongings from his parents' home in New York State and into a storage unit. Rotondo plans to stay in an Airbnb until he finds permanent housing. His parents had pleaded with him and even offered him money to move out. 1100 bucks to be exact. On May 22nd, a judge ruled that Rotondo had to move out and would not be given the six-month extension he requested. What a loser this guy is. <laughs> yep. Poster child for everything that's wrong with the young generation. I'm glad you're not like that, Yaffe. And Steph, you too, you know? Yeah. You're, you're hope. Well, I'm not like that. And well, Steph, Stephanie, I'm... then, on the other hand, I don't know. Y'all are haters. <laughs> no, we're not. We're haters. No, we love you. We love I you. I got a it, great life. We, we kid because we love. There you go. Are we done? I'm done. No more old business to come before the committee? That's it. All right, we're adjourned. Alan Spector with the news on Fridays. In a moment, a hot topic right off the top at 6 o'clock. If you weren't with us, I'm hopping off the Trump train on this pardon scheme that is unfolding. Um, Mr. President, please don't go there, particularly with Blago. In a moment. Along with an update on Atlanta's news, weather, and traffic for you that I'll have in two minutes on News Radio 1025 WFLA. You know, I can see Yaffe through the glass in the control room the way the 50,000 watt front porch is configured. A lot of times I know what he's working on and what he's thinking about, but I had no idea that you are still letting your gears get ground by this story of this liberal mayor in California who wants to cut down on gun crime by paying people they think might kill somebody. $1,000 a month if they promise not to. And you have an interesting perspective well, on that. Well, it reminds me of the mafia. Isn't that what the mafia does? Protection they, racket. Exactly. They go into a business and they say, you know, we'll let your business stay in place. We won't hurt you. Just pay us a bunch of money. In Godfather 2, a young Vito Corleone, they flashed back to how he got his start in New York in that very same way. <laughs> I think you the mafia is going to use this. The mafia is like, oh, you're going to pay them? Just pay us too. Steph climbed in. You chimed in. You want to be part of the mafia. You ready to go? Oh, I'm ready. I'll run it. <laughs> She'd be the enforcer, I, I think. <laughs> yep. You can hear the godfather say, I want you to take Luca Brazzi and uh, Stephanie. Take them out there and straighten this guy out, all right? <laughs> yep. Uh, make I'd be off, scared. Make him an offer he can't refuse, all right? Either his signature or his brains are going to be on that contract, all right? You take Stephanie <laughs> out there. If yep. Luca can't do it, She'll handle it alone. I will. <laughs> oh, man. Listen, earlier in the show, on a more serious note, and watch for this, President Trump, as president, has the right, all presidents have done it, to pardon people, okay? And normally it is it is used to, you know, to right a wrong in the criminal justice system. Sometimes it's a political favor at the end of a president's term. 
Well, the president hasn't pardoned too many people, but right now he has pardoned conservative filmmaker Dinesh D'Souza, even though D'Souza, and I like D'Souza's politics, and I like his movies, and I like how he's gone after Obama with those movies, and it was, you know, in the Obama regime, it, it, it was Obama's justice system that went after him, but he did plead guilty, you know, to campaign finance violations. He didn't go to prison, et cetera. Um, but at any rate, he's been pardoned already. He's thinking of pardoning Martha Stewart. She already served her five months for lying to investigators, for uh, insider trading, and a host of other charges years and years ago. I, I, I'm not even going to worry about those. The one that really worries me is the president is considering commuting the sentence of the poster child for the swamp and government corruption, the former impeached and imprisoned now governor of Illinois, a Democrat, Rod Blagojevich. This is a guy who, among other things, was caught trying to sell the Senate seat of then-former Senator Barack Obama for big money. Mr. President... Think about what you stand for, why we elected you among many things, and you've done so many things so well. It was to drain the swamp. Blago Blagojevich is the symbol of that swamp. He really, really is. Now, why is the president thinking of doing this? These are prominent people that he knows. Blagojevich was once on The Apprentice a long time ago. Um, it was the Obama people who put him away. He's doing 14 years. The president wants to commute the sentence. He'd spring him now, only 17, only seven years into his term. Um, Martha Stewart, prosecuted by James Comey. You understand where President Trump is with his fired FBI director. And, um, and it was the Obama people who went after uh, D'Souza. But the Blagojevich thing would be unforgivable, in my view, This man needs to serve his term, Mr. President, if we are going to create a deterrent to stop other people from being that corrupt in high office. I'm sorry. On this one, I'm stepping off the Trump train. You know, we have about 10 stations with all kinds of formats under the same roof here at um, iHeartRadio in Orlando. And one of them across the hall is Real Radio 104.1. And one of the biggest stars on the Phillips file is with us right now, Moira, who crosses over to WFLA once a month on the third Friday in the month from 3 until 6 in the afternoon with her own groundbreaking show, Moira's Mixed Company. Before we talk about what's coming up on this month's show, Moira, Welcome back to Good Thank Morning you, Orlando. Bud. Thank you, Bud, for always being so supportive and a great cheerleader for me. I appreciate that. Well, you're certainly welcome, but let's uh, acquaint folks who may not be familiar with your show, what it's about and how it works. All right. The show is on 3 to 6 p.m. I sit right in that chair that you have warmed up for me. Mm-hmm. The show will be Friday, June 15th, so two weeks from today. Um, and the 
novelty of it, not novelty, but the interesting piece of it, the unique part of it, is that not only is it from three until four a one-on-one interview, Mm -hmm. but from four until six we go into that big performance studio across the way, and we have a live studio audience, just like the days of Oprah, where there's a dais and people are up there interviewed, and then I walk around and talk to the audience as a roving reporter in the crowd. Yeah, it's very exciting, and you can be a part of a live studio audience on Moira's Mixed Company. We'll have more on that in a moment, but let's talk about this month's show, which is coming up two weeks from today, 3 o'clock on the afternoon of June 15th. Correct. It is just a couple of days after the two-year anniversary of the Pulse tragedy Mm -hmm. here in Orlando. It was the the worst mass shooting in the nation's history at the time. It was. We since have had others, you know, that Mm -hmm. have topped it, you know, and bumped us down on that uh, notorious list. Um, but with this two-year anniversary pending, and will have just passed, I recall not only being on the air covering the story as it unfolded, but I was so proud of our community in Central Florida because they enveloped this community. And pre and post, we're going to really talk about the changing face, bud, of the gay community, of Orlando's gay community, pre and post Pulse tragedy. The Moira's Mixed Company show title is Being Gay in Orlando. That's correct. What are your your perspectives on that We're talking to people who have grown up here and have watched the community change from a small to mid-sized southern city, and with all that that brings, to now uh, how how people were lined up around the block of the blood bank when -hmm. they could actually help. Mm -hmm. The community came out in droves, as you remember well, right, Right. Um, to um, embrace and envelop and include the community. But have we changed? Have we made two steps forward, one step back? Mm -hmm. How has the community changed if, like, we have openly gay elected officials in our town? We have uh, scholarships for young people who are are gay and are facing the very real problem of um, discrimination right. uh, that happens right right here. The Supreme Court is even talking about this now. In the next couple of days, they will say if it's legal or not to fire someone because of their sexual orientation. Who are you going to have on the show? Oh, my goodness. We are having uh, Patty Sheehan, the elected, uh, you know, the city of Orlando commissioner. First openly gay commissioner. Correct. Yeah. We are having the people from the, um, I want to say gay newspaper, the Watermark. We're having the publisher and uh, salespeople from mm-hmm. the Watermark come in. Now, let me, let me ask you, in the yes, closing sir. moments we have here, if folks want to be a part of this oh, show in a live yes. studio audience, how do we get them there? Yes, you go to moirasmixedcompany.com or WFLA's website. You will see Moira's Mixed Company. You can reserve your seat. It's, again, a limited room, so this is going to be packed. I'm sure of it. Um, so I would love for you to get in there now. It's moirasmixedcompany.com. You can reserve your seat, and we will see you on the 15th. Absolutely. Or you can go to um, uh, 1025wfla.com, keyword Moira. It is all there. A little advance word on this show, groundbreaking show that Moira does, Moira's Mixed Company. You now know about this week, this month's show comes up two weeks from today at 3 in the afternoon. We'll have you back just in advance of that. Have a great weekend. Thanks Thanks, for dropping by, Moira. Have a great weekend. I appreciate it. And thank you for being a part of our show. You're always welcome on the 50,000 Watt Front Porch. And for Moira, for Alan, for Yaffe and Steph, the Bud Man here, have a great weekend. God bless you, and God bless America.